so grateful about the gospel, the gospel that you've given us for our freedom and joy and for your glory. Thank you for the gospel. Thank you for loving us the way you do. Thank you for the love and the peace and the joy that you bring. Lord, I pray that this word would permeate in all of our lives, that it would in fact sink in and that we would be completely consumed by the gospel. May we be as emotional about the gospel as Paul is. May we be willing to allow the gospel to affect every area of our lives. Father, I pray for those who came in and they came in and they were arguing or they, or they had some disappointment yesterday or they're upset today or they're worried about somebody or something or some place or some. Lord, I just pray that you would just give them focus and that you would help us. Lord, those who are listening on the podcast, I pray that you would speak to them right now as they're jogging or in their living room or uh, on their job, as those who are listening to us on the web in their office or on their computer at home those who are listening to us in their car, Lord, I pray that you would just help them to just pursue you and keep their eyes and mind focused on you. Give them the words that you want them to hear. Impregnate them with your vision. For I do pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Let's read God's word. This was powerful. Brenda read it, and it's just, it it takes your breath away. Paul is speaking. I'm going to explain to you who Paul is and what the the source of the letter is. Um, And I just want to read it again because it's just too much. I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting the one who called you by the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel, which is really no gospel at all. Evidently, some people are throwing you into confusion and are trying to pervert the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach a gospel other than the one we preach to you, let him be eternally condemned. As we have already said, so now I say again, if anyone is preaching to you a gospel other than what you accepted, let him be eternally condemned. Am I now trying to win the approval of men or God? Or am I trying to please men? If I was still trying to please men, I wouldn't be a servant of Christ. Paul, we're in a new series. Um, It's called Rescue Me from Religion. And what we want to do is we, we want to look at the Bible. Uh, we, we, we really believe, and honestly, and some of, you, some of you go, yay, that's great, and for the wrong reasons. And some of you go, yay, that's, or you, you go, whoa, that's bad, and again, for the wrong reasons. Um, when we talk about religion, we talk about man's effort to pursue God. Man's effort to try to make himself acceptable to God. That's religion. And that, by the way, is American Christianity across the board. We see it all over the place. If you want to be healthy, wealthy, and wise, all you got to do is this, this, and this. If you, it's, it's at, American Christianity is not something that we want to emulate. We want to, we want to emulate biblical Christianity. We want to follow Jesus. We don't want to follow uh, 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 an example from America. We want to follow Jesus. And so we find here... And uh, we're in this new series called, in the book of Galatians, and what we're doing is we're going to start on the first verse, and we're going to end on the last verse. I'm going to ask God to really help us to understand, why are we doing this, by the way? Why are we taking, this is an important question to answer. Why are we going verse by verse, passage by passage, section by section, through the Bible? Why are we doing that? Why are we taking the time? Here's a couple of reasons. Number one, one of the reasons that we do this is because we really believe that this is God's word. Like, it, it, I mean, that these are not words that men attribute to God, but these are God's actual words. That this is his spoken letter to us. And we believe that this is invaluable. And it's so easy, especially um, for a preacher, to get on sort of, subjects, topics, and matters that really are important to him but are not the entire counsel of God. And so when you do a book like this, the benefit is is that you get into some stuff. Like today, we're going to talk about some real controversial stuff and I might even step on some toes and I might even say some things that I wouldn't have said if I had chosen the text, but I didn't choose the text. God chose the text. So we're really going to... um, 
get into God's word. And it's going to be kind of controversial. And I, in fact, the title of today's message is Controversy. And so we really want to get into God's word and really find out what God's word says. And in doing so, we're going to really hear God's voice and really learn a great deal about him. This book of Galatians, the whole book of Galatians is about the gospel. It's written by a guy named Paul. He lived about 2,000 years ago. And he was a church planter. A church planter is a person who goes around from community to community, place to place, and they start to, um, and they start to place churches uh, wherever they go. This church is a church planting church. We go to different communities wherever God sends us and leads us, and we plant churches. How do we do that? Um, well, we have what's called Recovery House of Worship. Through Recovery House of Worship, we've planted Staten Island House of Worship. Through Staten Island House of Worship, we planted Coney Island House of Worship. We just, why do we do that? Why do we send people out? Why do we do it? Because we really believe that the best way to reach different communities is to put a church there. And have an individual church meeting the needs of that community, loving the people. Now, we are a unique church because our, our, our uniqueness is found in this, is that we are searching and we are affecting not only our community, but a people group. You know how like some people go to Africa and they, you know, and they affect that uh, tribe and some people go to Uruguay and they affect that, you know, that group, people group. We affect a particular people group. This pe- people group is found in anonymous programs. Um, there are O-A-A-A-C-A-N-A, you name the A, we're in there, right? We got somebody represented here from all of those, right? And so if you, if you come from a, a place where, uh, where uh, addiction, like either your mother or father were alcoholics or drug addicts or, you know, you know pill poppers or over eight or under eight or bulimic or whatever it is, right? If you come from that background, then we really, you know, we're trying to, to, to reach you. If you don't come from that background, nobody you know uh, comes from that uh, background, we welcome you. You're welcome to be here. But just so you know, these are the people that we're trying to reach, and we hit our target pretty well. If I asked you to raise our, your hand, but and then that would not make you anonymous, would it? And so I won't ask you to raise your hand. But if I asked you to raise your hand, there would be like 95% of you who would raise your hand and say, oh, yeah, my dad was an alcoholic, or I'm a drug addict, or I you know, over sex, over eight, over whatever, and I'm in a 12-step program. Now, why am I bringing this up? The reason I'm bringing this up is because we have a tendency, especially in this church, to think the gospel is a step or series of steps. To think that the gospel is something that we learn to help us to get clean or stay away or, you know, and what we'll do is we'll manipulate the gospel. Now, watch this. Make... I. I'll break my anonymity. I make um, a particular 12-step program. I go to meetings. I even serve and all that other stuff, right? And, you know, you can make whatever decision you want about that in your mind. But here's my point. That is not the gospel. Now, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm knee-deep, like in, you know, you know in 12-step stuff. I'm knee-deep. Like I, I'm asked to speak in a lot of different places. I mean, but what am I saying? That is not the gospel. The gospel is this unique message of Jesus Christ. Paul, who plants church and is emphatic about this, wants to get this across. Now, there are some uh, parallels that we'll find in our 12-step program. And the reason is is because they took a lot from the Bible. Not because the Bible's borrowing from anybody. Bible's been around longer than any 12-step program. Bible's been around longer than me and you. Bible's been around. Bible's going to be around long after we're gone. Word of God is going to remain, right? There are some sequoia trees that you'll find that are a thousand years old. Bible's older, right? And when that sequoia tree gets chopped down and, you know, gets made into paper, the Bible will still continue on. Why? Because the Bible is the eternal word of God. That will survive forever. And God had all this information to put in this book and he edited it down to this tiny book when you consider all the information that God had. Think about this. In the end of the book of John, the Bible says that if everything that Jesus did, just Jesus, was written down, there wouldn't be enough paper in the world to hold what Jesus did, to uh, you know, account for what Jesus did. That's just Jesus. So, if you can imagine, 
if Jesus, all the things that Jesus did, and that's just, Jesus just had, he was, you know, he, he was, uh, uh, you know, he's God in the flesh, came down to earth, lived for about 30 years preparing, and then three years of ministry, and unbelievable. And when I say preparing, I don't mean that he was preparing to be God. He was God already when he, you know, is God in a bod, so everybody understands that, but I'm saying, um, uh, so Jesus was here for 33 years, and if you wrote everything that he did down, there wouldn't be enough pages. So God edits all of that stuff, and he puts just what's most essential in here. And one of the things that is the most important, it's a matter of fact, it's the focal point of this entire book, is a word. It's a thing. It's called gospel. Paul raises his hands, is screaming at the top of his voice, and saying, you are missing it. Paul's losing his mind. And the thing was, is that they weren't, miss, they weren't, it's not like they were missing it by a whole lot. They were missing it by a little bit. Now, have you ever had this happen to you? I've missed stuff by a little bit. I remember one time, and I, I know exactly when it was. It was, it, it was uh, Bob's one-year anniversary. And we were coming back, my family and I was coming back from Florida, right? We had gotten a great, uh, uh, we had saved our pennies and gotten a great idea and went to Florida and got a great deal and blah, blah, blah. So we went, we did that. Had an amazing time. Can't tell you how much fun. I wish I had the time to tell you the story of my son nearly throwing all over, uh, throwing up all over everybody in this particular ride. It was the funniest thing I ever saw in my life. I will die with a smile on my face if I think about that in my deathbed. That's how funny it was. And so it was just an incredible time. We had an amazing um, time. But as we were coming back, we, we got to the airport and we were kind of cutting short because, you know, you have to give your car back and all that other stuff. Well, we got to the airport and we had about 45 minutes left before the tr- plane takes off. And for some reason, the, the tellers were taking a really long time, right? So a half hour later, we get to the teller and we say, uh, you know, we're going on such and such a flight at such and such time, blah, blah, blah. He goes, oh, no, 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 you can't board that flight. <laughs> sure I can. I got 15 minutes. And here's my ticket. Please, you know, do your job because I ain't got a whole lot of time to run, right? And she goes, like, no, 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 you don't understand. You have to be here a half hour before, as we were here 45 minutes before. It was your, uh, it was your uh, performance here that delayed us. No, we're sorry about that, but we were here for 45 minutes. No, no, no. I'm, I'm very sorry. No, no, no. You don't have to be sorry. You can give me my tickets. Yeah, I, could, I, could, I could avoid a whole lot of pain for you right now. I don't want you to be sorry. I don't want you to grieve over this. I want you to give me my ticket so my family can race down, catch thing. No, 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 no. it's not going to happen. Not going to happen. And it didn't. It didn't. No amount of persuasion. I had to pay another $1,000 in order to get, yeah, no kidding, $1,000. I just finished paying for it like a couple of months ago. I mean, well, not Craig, but, you know, it was like a lot of money. And I missed it by this much, right? Do you ever have anything like that where you need 65 to pass the test and you get a 64, right? You ever have anything like that that happened to you? Right? Where, you know, you got to catch this train and then the little old ladies, you know, she's right in front of you and you're just like looking at the doors and you're right there and the doors just go ding, ding before you can put your hand in there and pretend like, you yeah, know, I'm already in. Right. Have you ever had right. And then you missed the appointment. Right. Have you ever have you ever had a point where you just like, you know, where you were waiting for someone and then all of a sudden, you know, you just go, all right, you know, 20 minutes, they're not coming. You go, and then they come, like, right in after, you know what I mean? And you go, oh, man, we just missed each other. It is possible, it is possible to ruin a meal by leaving out just a little ingredient, right? You put too much yeast, it's terrible. If you don't put enough salt, it's terrible. You put too much salt, it's terrible, right? It is possible to, by a little bit, miss it all. Isn't that true? Paul is coming to the Galatians, and he's running, again, like a mother who sees her child in danger, running and saying, this is terrible. You've gone astray. And he is going to write down some emphatic words that really get our, because to miss it a little bit with the gospel is to miss the whole thing. To miss it a little bit. It's to miss the whole thing. Listen to what Paul... I am astonished, or 
amazed or perplexed or no way that this has happened. I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting or running away. Deserting the one who called you by the, by the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. Look up at me. I am astonished that you are turning away. Now watch this. Paul doesn't say, I'm astonished that your theology is off. He's going to get to that in a second. He's saying, I'm astonished that you're turning away from Jesus. Did you hear what he said? I'm astonished that you are so quickly deserting. Who you, this is, by the way, a military term. It's the same kind of term that you would give a person who, in the midst of battle, ran away from battle. It's called, uh, what is it called? Uh, AWOL, right? It's the same kind of desertion. He's saying you're not leaving just a thought process or a theology. You're leaving a person. You're leaving a person. I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting the one who called you by the name of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. And are turning to a different gospel. Which is really no gospel at all, just in case you were confused. Which is really no gospel at all. Paul is saying here, he's saying that there's this truth, there's this gospel, that if you just manipulate just a little bit, you'll have nothing at all. Nothing at all. Paul is speaking to these people in such emphatic terms because he recognizes that if they just slide a little bit, they'll look. This is the danger that we can experience in this church because we got people who come from Muslim backgrounds, Jehovah Witness backgrounds. We have people who come from Mormon backgrounds, New Age backgrounds, 12-step backgrounds, um, atheistic bath backgrounds. We have people who come from Santeria and, and all sorts of cults. We have people who come all over. And it's a natural inclination within us to bring that old baggage with us. It's why we started a class called Decide for Yourself. It meets here on Tuesdays. Who goes here to the Decide for Yourself class? Look at all these guys. You guys are scholars, man. I love that. Right? Now watch this. In this class, we get to really study God's word and hear what God has to say for us. But now hear this. This is pretty big. This is pretty big. Paul is saying that just to shift a little bit is like putting just a little too much salt in a meal. It ruins the whole thing. It's like putting a little too much yeast in bread. It ruins the whole thing. It's like missing the train. By one second, well, you've missed the appointment. It's like getting a 64 on the test. Well, you've got to retake the class. It's if you miss it a little, you miss it a lot. God is an incredible God, but he is holy and he is precise. Now, what we're going to do, and, I'm, and this is kind of a, a, a little change in program. We're going to sing a song. We're going to sing a song, and then I'm going to go right into the rest of this. But I want you to, we're going to the singers are going to come up, and they're going to sing, Holy is the Lord. The singers are going to come up, and they're going to sing, Holy is the Lord. And we're going to continue on this. But God is saying, and I'm going to speak to you about the different types of gospel. But God is holy. He's perfect. He's pure. God is precious, and we can't deviate from who God reveals himself to be. So, with no one moving around... Um, we're going to sing, and I want you all to stand, and we're going to worship the Lord and sing, Holy is the Lord. And he's given us a way to worship him. It's called the gospel. Paul says, if you deviate from the right, if you deviate to the left, you'll miss the whole thing. Two ways that we deviate. I talked a little bit about this on Wednesday. You should come to Wednesday's small groups. They're awesome. You'll get a lot more than what you just get here on Sunday. It's wonderful. You should come. Uh, it's, uh, Wednesday is at 6.30 to pray, 7 to hear the devotional, 7.30 to 8.30 is the um, small groups. It's wonderful. You should come. Two ways that we go in a different direction in the gospel. One is, and I'm going to give it titles that I don't necessarily like because when you do this and then it kind of puts pictures in people's minds, but it's the only ones I got, so bear with me. One is the liberal way. You can go the liberal way of changing the gospel. I'll explain what that is in a second. And then you can go through the conservative way of changing the gospel. I'll explain that in a second. The liberal way that we here, or, or we in America, or we in this congregation, change the gospel is that we say this. Oh, you received Jesus as your Lord and Savior? You're saved now? That's wonderful. Congratulations. That's good for you. 
But please, do me a favor. Don't insist that Jesus is the only way to God. Don't insist that there's only one way that you can be saved. Please, no, 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 we live, you know, you don't understand, that's a tribal idea, and that, you know, only one group of people, and you know what, we live in such a, you know, a pluralistic society, and we need to be more tolerant, and, and just, you know, and so, no, 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 just, you know, it's good, it's good, it's good, and you have churches like this, I can call them out, honestly, honestly, you have tons and tons of churches like this, in New York, they're all over the place, where, listen, Jesus is mentioned occasionally. And, and, the, and the, the, the people who find themselves in this category, this liberal category, they find themselves and they won't fight about anything. They won't, uh, they won't stand for anything. If you believe in Buddha, that's fine. If you, believe, you know, if you believe in Buddha's teaching, that's fine. If you believe in Allah, that's fine. If you believe uh, in um, Confuci- Confucianism, that's fine. If you're a New Ager, that's fine. So, you know, it's fine. Whatever you believe, just as long as you're sincere, and that's fine. And that's where that falls. Terrible. And then there's another pitfall that we can fall into when distorting the gospel. And it's conservative. And that, in the conservatives, is that, well, you're supposed to act a particular way. You're supposed to change. You're supposed to. So it's Jesus plus change. Jesus plus. Now, and watch this. The problem with the liberals is they they won't fight for anything. The problem with the conservatives is they'll fight for anything. These guys won't fight for anything. These guys will fight for everything. You see? And so we don't want to be either or. We don't want to be liberal. We don't want to say, well, you know, uh, you know, we're, you know, well, if you don't believe in the Bible, blah, 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 blah. Or if you don't believe in Jesus, well, that's okay. All right. Or, and we don't want to say, and we also don't want to say that if you're not, uh, if you're not attending this particular church, if you're not doing this particular thing, if you're not acting and behaving in this particular way, then you can't possibly. Paul, the problem with Paul and his gospel, or the gospel that they were attacking, was that they were trying to add. They were trying to add. And so let's read from verse 7, which is no gospel at all. Evidently, some people are throwing you into confusion and are trying to pervert the gospel of Christ. There's a, there's a manipulation here that's happening. And it's not, listen to me, it, it, it changes a little bit, but it has massive effects to the point where it's perverted. Let me tell you something. Sex within marriage is beautiful. Child pornography is perverted. Uh, you know, defending your family is necessary sometimes. Being physically abusive to somebody else is perverted. You see that? Um, you know, uh, there are many things that are fine in one level, but if taken to a next level, they become perverted. Paul is saying, you are throwing, they're throwing you into confusion. There's a group of people here that are throwing you into confusion and to the point of perverting the gospel of Christ. But even, verse 8, but even, this is Paul's strongest um, rebuke, but even if we or an angel from heaven should preach a gospel other than the one we preach to you, let him be eternally condemned. Listen, one of the things that I discover amongst our congregations, because we have several now, one of the things that I discover is like, is this desire, well, let's not argue about that. Is that really, do we have to? Do we ha- I mean, the highest value, it seems like, is, is just peace. Let's, that's the highest value. Like, wh- what we want is peace at all costs. So someone comes in and says, Jesus is not really God. He's the Archangel Michael. Well, but you still believe in Jesus, right? Yeah, sure, sure. He's the Archangel. And everybody goes, well, let's not argue about this. Let's not get so... That, you know, someone else comes in and says, well, you know, the uh, salvation that we have is a sort of a work salvation. You know, you do good, God loves you, you're saved. You do bad, uh, game changer, now now you're not so saved. You do good again, oh look, you're saved again. And it's this back and forth, back and forth. And everybody goes, well, you know, these are secondary. No, these are not secondary issues. Well, these are are, uh, just other things. No, they're not. 
There are, now watch this. Speaking in tongues, not speaking in tongues. You know, I have some definite ideas about this, and we'll teach about it when we go through the book of First Corinthians, uh, go through the book of Corinthians. I'm not going to, you know, that's not where we plant the flag on, right? Um, I don't even plant the flag on smoking cigarettes. You want to smoke cigarettes? You want to kill yourself? Go ahead, surgeon. You know you're doing something negative when the Surgeon General of the United States is on the product that you're using, all right? Like, don't worry about chocolate. If you, if you, if you have it on the product, it, it, oh, by the way, the, the most intelligent doctor, the most high-ranking doctor in all of America says this is guaranteed to kill you. Make your own decision. <laughs> That's all in you. It's not the gospel. I'm not going to argue about that. But here's what I'm saying. There are certain things that we must there are certain things that we absolutely must plant the flag on and say, no, we can, I, I can't give up my Jesus. I can't give up my Jesus. I can't give up the gospel. I, will, I don't dare. I don't dare. He's been too good to me. There's this incredible um, story about a martyr who um, was told to recant when he was over 80 years old. And his response was this true story. He said, and uh, it's not found in the Bible. It's found in history books. He says, uh, basically, he says, over 80 years, he says, like, four score and blah, blah, blah. But he basically says, about 80 years, I have served him, and he's done me no wrong. Why should I repent from my king? And he dies a martyr's death. At which point, you and I go, that's silly. Why don't you just say that, you know, uh, why don't you just say, all right, I recant, and then go home, repent, and be all right. Because it's too precious. Just let's not get confused. Like, you know, watch this. For some things I'm willing to die for. Jesus and the Bible, his word. We should all be willing to die for God's word and his and, and, and Jesus and salvation through Jesus. And there are certain things that, you know, we hold loosely. We don't. Let me tell you something. I won't even suffer a paper cut over. Right. Like infant baptism, I'm not suffering. I'll teach you the truth. It's nowhere found in the Bible. But if you want to, you know, baptize your baby, you know, take over baptism. I don't care. You know, do it. I'm just not willing to suffer a paper cut over that. I'm not willing to suffer a paper cut over whether you're smoking or not. I know it's going to kill you. It's probably bad for you. You should, you know, and I probably should get off because like 60% of y'all are smokers. And so, all right, that's enough of that. But here's my point. Yeah. Right, you thought you were the only one, right? Yeah, no, no, no. There's, it's everyone around you. Just, you know, the reason you don't know is because you, you can only smell it on your clothes. You can, all right, but, all right. So we're not going to do that anymore. Sorry. Um, here's the point that I'm trying to make. There are certain things in God's word that we have to stand firm on and not deviate from. It's not Jesus plus. It's not Jesus and. It's Jesus. And it's the work that he's done, not the work that we do. That gives us that relationship. But even if we or an angel of heaven should preach a gospel other than the one we preach to you, let him be eternally condemned. Those words, eternally condemned, they're taken from the Greek word anathema. Anathema means sent to hell. Like, just in case you're not sure how strong Paul is speaking here, he says, even if I come to you and preach a different gospel... May I be sent to hell for doing that. Even if an angel, even if an angel from heaven comes down and he's like 15 feet tall and he has this wingspan of like 40 feet and he comes down and he starts preaching a gospel that's different from the one that I'm preaching now, Paul says. He says, what I want you to do is I want you to grab him from the back of his pants and the front of his shirt, and kick him out of the church. Don't let that happen. Let him go to hell. Strong words. Not just, ah, oh, but you know, it's just a subtle difference, and it doesn't mean that. No, 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 no. The gospel is too precious, too important, too wonderful, too incredible for us to be messing around with. What? is the gospel. The gospel is this. The gospel is that God has done a work for you 
and for me. It's done on the cross. God saw that we were all eternally condemned. We think, especially in America, we think that, well, we're essentially good that occasionally, uh, we're essentially good people that occasionally do bad things. It's much worse than that. We are essentially evil. And we need to repent and turn to Christ. This, not the most uh, popular um, statement in the world, not the most popular message in the world, but to express, listen, you and I know this already. Who here had to take lessons in lying? Who? Not one of us. I wonder where we got the idea that we should lie. Who here? Who here had to get lessons in taking things that didn't belong to them? Let me see. You mean none of you? Well, how'd you learn how to lie? How'd you learn how to... Who, who here had to take lessons in rebelling against authority? Raise your hand. And some of you are scholars at this, right? <laughs> and but wait, wait, wait. You didn't take any lessons of it. You're a scholar. You got a PhD in it, but you've never been taught in it. How'd you get so good? It's in you. Like, you didn't have to take lessons to see, right? It was in you to see, most of us. You didn't have to take lessons to hear. It was in you to hear, most of us, right? It's already in you. And so none of us had to be trained to be bad. Some of us had to be trained to refine our badness, right? But none of us had to be trained to be bad. We are naturally bent that way. The only people who don't believe me are people who are not around two-year-old children for very long periods of time. Because if you're ever around two-year-old, like, you know, people who come up to me and are like, no, that's not true. We're essentially good people. And, you know, we're essentially good people who occasionally do bad things. We are spiritual beings occasionally having a human experience. Like, you know, just, just stuff. That I'm just like, oh, gosh. <sighs> you know, let's wake up, really. Honestly, we're not that. We're not that. We're, we're born, the Bible says we're born in sin. And we desperately need a rescuer. We don't need a helper. We need a rescuer. We don't need a, 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 a person to give us a helping hand. We need salvation. And so Paul is saying, if you put anything, 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 what is it? Jesus comes. What's the gospel? The gospel is this. That God sees us in our desperate sin, all being sent to hell. By the way, not his choice, our choice. Right? It's the old, um, I'm sure you've heard this, right? It's the guy, old guy sitting, right? It's the guy sitting in the car, they get married, and his wife, you know, before the seats were the way they are now, when they were like banana seats, and you just kind of went across, right? And she sits, and she has this, her shoulder, her head leaning on his shoulder, and he's got it, and he's driving, and he's like, wow, baby, I love you so much. And then throughout the years, she's just sitting next to him, but he doesn't have, you know, it's, it's, it's not close enough for him to put his arm around. And then the next few years, you know, she's sitting clear across the, the thing. And then the next, you know, she's hugging the door. And she goes back like 30 years later. 30 years later, she turns to her husband. And she says, you know, honey, I remember when your arm was wrapped around me. And you loved me. And your, your, your embrace was passionate. And I can smell your perfume or your cologne. And I just remember when we were so much more intimate. What happened? And his simple reply was, Honey, I never moved. I never moved. Well, God says, I never moved. You feel distant from God? God goes, I never moved. You feel, you feel like your, 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 your relationship with God is not what it all should be? God goes, No fue yo. Wasn't me. I, I, I never moved. And so the gospel is that God says, I tell you what, this time I'll move. And I'll move closer to you. You're running away, but I'll move closer to you. And here's, I'll move the distance of eternity. I'll come the distance of eternity. Come down, be born in a body. Live the life that you did not live. Die the death that you deserve to die. Rise again for your salvation. Jesus comes. He's God in the human flesh. And here's what he says. Here's what you need. 
Here's what you need to receive this salvation. Nothing. Not a blessed thing. If you tried to, you couldn't. If you made an effort to, you'd mess it up. God does 100% of the work. All we do is receive the gift. All our effort is is that we were really far away from God. God catches us against our own will. He catches us. Because isn't it true? If it were up to us, we'd still be doing some of the stuff. Isn't it true that if some of the stuff that you used to do that you know was real bad for you, that you, if, if you would still, you'd still do it if it was still working for you. Isn't that true? Like, even if, if it felt good, you'd still be there, right? You might not be sitting in that chair. Let's be real honest, right? Come on, we're in church. We can do this, right? Isn't it true that if, <clears throat> if the drugs would have not stopped working, or if you would have had an infinite amount of money, you'd still be using drugs. If, the, if that relationship that was so abusive and terrible, if it would have just, you know, if it would have just been one degree less, you'd have stuck it out. Right? Isn't it true that if you, we don't look for God. None of us do. The Bible says as much. None of us look for God. In fact, our active occupation is running away from God as quickly and as thoroughly as we can. We serve other gods. Gods like our pleasure. Gods like our feelings. It's why, listen, it's why some people will come to church for a period of time and then they'll say, you know what, that's it, I'm leaving. I'm not coming to church anymore. Why? Because I came for like three months or two years or two weeks and nothing has changed. You see, God wasn't God. God was just a vehicle to change the circumstances in their lives. And God was only so good insofar as he would change the circumstances. I get this all the time, right? Wives will come up to me, husbands doing all sorts of crazy things. And I'll go, okay, you need to change, you need to turn from your, from your idols. That's what you need to do. You need to turn from your idols. And she goes, no, 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 the problem is him. I go, yeah, we'll address his problem. But the first thing you need to do is you need to turn from your idols because he's God for you. And unless he stops being God, you'll never worship true God. And he goes, no, 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 that's not the issue. Okay, great. What happens? They, I, I really want to serve Jesus. I really want to pursue God. What happens? They come to church. God starts doing a miracle in their marriage. And as soon as it just stops being painful, not even until it gets good, just stops being painful, there's no energy to come to church anymore. There's no energy to pursue God. Now we got other things. You know, it's laundry day. I understand. It's laundry. Laundry is important. Right? You know, I... It's the only day that I really get to rest. You know, I run around all week and, you know, I really don't get a time to rest. And so it's rest day. I understand. 11 in the morning is way too early. I understand. I'm not trying to be like real mean spirited. I'm just trying to point out your nonsense that I get all the time. And if I do it this way, you won't take it personal because you figure I'm not talking to you. You see, this is my strategy. Here's my point. There is a gospel that if it is preached, there is a message that if it is preached is damnable. It leads us away from Jesus. And the message is this. You need Jesus plus. Or you don't need Jesus at all. It's the, uh, it's the liberal or the conservative. Listen to me. We need Jesus. And without Jesus, we are doomed. With, now hear me. The gospel is... That, Here's the, here's the thing that I find very fascinating about this. This letter is not written. I always thought that the gospel is for unbelievers, people who don't believe Jesus Christ is their Lord and Savior. That's what the gospel is for. And he goes, no, this letter is not written to unbelievers. It's written to believers because the gospel permeates every area, every action, every, the way you raise your kids should be influenced by the gospel. The way you do marriage should be influenced by the gospel. The way you're single should be influenced by the gospel. The way you handle uh, uh, conflict should be influenced by the gospel. The way you speak to others should be influenced by the gospel. The way you pursue God should be influenced by the gospel. The way you go to work should be influenced by the gospel. The way you carry yourself with your friends should be influenced by the gospel. The way you speak should be influenced by the gospels. The movies that you watch should be influenced by... I wonder if anybody's getting where I'm going with this. The way... What you listen... What music you listen to should be influenced by the gospel. The way... 
Every area, every aspect, everything in your life is... And if you don't understand that about the gospel, then you just don't know the gospel. Any other gospel is damnable. Verse 9. As we have already said now, I now say... I, I, and now, so, I'm sorry. As we have already said, so now I say again. If anybody is preaching to you a gospel other than what you accepted, let him be eternally condemned. Just to get, why does Paul say this twice? Paul says this twice because he doesn't want you to think that he just blew a gasket. Have you ever done that? That's it. I'm calling the wedding off. Well, we know you really didn't mean that. Right? We know that you're just, you know, you're going to, you know, you're going to get back to your senses and you can, right, right. Like, uh, you know, that, you know, that's it. I'm not talking. I'm not, you know. <laughs> I won't. Nah, should I? I don't know. Um, you know, it's like, you know, right, husbands, it's been a while, right? And then you pursue your wife and she says no. And you go, that's it. The next time is when you pursue me, right? And then eight months later, you're like, okay, I'm sorry I said that, right? And so, you know, you say things. We all say things that we don't mean. We all say things that we just, you know, are not true, that we just kind of blow a gasket. That's it. I don't want you to call me anymore. And we hang up the phone, but you really don't mean that. You know, you, you still want the relationship. You just, you're just really good and angry. And in, you know, a day or two, you calm down. Paul says, just in case you thought I blew a gasket. Because he just, look at what he's saying. He goes, as we have already said, so now I say again. You mean like in the sentence just before this one? Yeah. If anybody is preaching to you a gospel other than what you accepted, let him be eternally condemned. Listen to me. The gospel is really important. The gospel is that you deserve, you merit, you earn separation from God eternally in hell. That's the gospel. And that bad news? Right? Let me give you where it starts getting better. And that God couldn't stand to be away from you. And so he did absolutely everything. Oh, but do I have to, do I have to uh, uh, be good after? No, no, no. Listen, some people believe, right? There are two types of people that believe this about the gospel. Either one, that what God does is sufficient for my salvation. Or two, I do to gain God's pleasure. See the difference? In other words, what God has already done makes me righteous in his sight and his spirit leads me to grow. And so I was just talking to someone today. Just talking to someone today. Not, an, not two hours ago. And I was talking to them about how at, when they surrendered their life to Christ, they didn't have to force themselves to read the Bible. They did. God did it in them. In fact, they were the only person who read the Bible as much as, the only person I know personally who read the Bible as much as me. I think she read the Bible twice in six months, like cover to cover, twice in six months. That's the kind of level that she was reading the Bible. And then she found another God. You know, she did the liberal thing, right? And this God was found in a relationship, you know, and, and you will suffice, you know, rather than going to Jesus and saying, you will supply all my needs according to your glorious riches in Christ, right? She said, no, 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 you will supply all of my needs according to your glorious riches. And she wandered away from God. And then she told me the story about, well, she's not completely out of the relationship, but she's kind of slowly getting out of it. Can I tell you that that's death for your spirit? It's just death for your spirit. If you do that, you die inside. It's, it, it's like, you know, how much poison do you want to stop eating? A little bit? Well, I don't want to stop eating all the poison, you know, because I might go through, you know. Really? Like that? No, no, no. You need to turn away. And you know why? Because if you're stuck with another God, if you have another idol, when you turn away and you, you repent from that idol and you're here, you, what happens? You feel terrible. You don't have an idol anymore. You don't have a God to run to. You don't have someone to mask over your feelings anymore. You don't have someone to supply your needs anymore. What does it make you do if you don't have that person? You run to Jesus. It's your story. Isn't it true that when some of you had absolutely nothing else to run to, you ran to Jesus? It was a gift from God. Some of your most painful moments were a gift from God. Some of your most terrible moments in your life were a gift from God to you so that you can run to him. It was a gift. And so we think, in our minds, we think, I know. 
I'll be saved. Jesus will save me. But now I've really got to keep it up. Now I've really got to perform. Now I've really got to make sure that I keep this salvation. And God is saying, absolutely not. You've missed it. You've completely, completely have missed it. If you preach another gospel, it's damnable. I don't want you to. The gospel is that we deserve death. Jesus paid it all. We submit and surrender to his, uh, we receive rather his great, uh, we receive gratefully his gracious gift. And he empowers us to live for him. You're not sure why you fall to those things sometimes? It's, it's, let Jesus take care of it. You're not sure why, you know, why do I keep on, let Jesus work in and through your life. Paul says something that I think is pretty intense right now. In verse 10, he says, am I now trying to win the approval of men? You know what's happening? These false apostles are calling to the flock and they're saying this. You know the reason that Paul just said all you need is Jesus and you don't need to be circumcised and you don't need to follow the law? You know why? Because he's making it too easy. I've been accused of this. Oh, the reason Pastor Edwin says that is because he just wants, it's like easy believism. Really? Really? And I'm telling you, I've been accused about this. It's easy believism. If you don't, because if you don't add some structure, if you don't add some stuff, I'm telling you, we're getting into religion when we do this. Well, no. But isn't it true that we have to do something? No, no you don't. You have, you have to let Him do the work in you. And so some of you will fall on one side where you feel like you have to do some work. And others of you will fall on the side where you'll just take the great gift of God and you'll trample all over it. You'll just, you'll just trample all over it. You'll say, since God is so gracious and he's given me the gift, and it's an eternal gift, it's not a temporary gift, it's an eternal gift, I know what I'll do. I'll go and sin some more. As if your sin wasn't destroying you. As if, as if real pleasure was found in sin and now you just got to get, you know, the, the fire insurance, the get-out-of-jail-free card. Paul says this, Am I now trying to win the approval of men? And the answer is no. Or of God. Or am I trying to please men? If I, still, if I were still trying to please men, I would not be a servant of Christ. I can tell you that with great assurance. That if you want to serve Jesus, especially here, listen, some of you come from 12-step backgrounds where people were talking about God, 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 God. The moment you came here, you lost half of your friends. Isn't that true? Like people were going, God, you know, you need to just get with God. And because, you know, some of you know what I'm talking about. You need to just get with God. And God is really important. And God, you need to, yo, you need to surrender. You know, you need to give your life over to God. And, you know, you got, you got to let go and let God. And then, and then you actually took their suggestion. And you lost like half of your friends. Because let me tell you, here's, here's the truth. When you start following Jesus, it's an unpopular thing. When you start saying, yeah, no, really, Jesus is the only way. Yeah, no, no, really, the Bible is the word of God. It's not just like, you know, letters written by men who God kind of says, okay, well, no, 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 it really is the word of God. When you start saying, listen, we lose people when I start preaching like this. Because everybody, you know, teach me how to be a better husband. Teach me how to be a better wife. And we're going to go back to that. That's important. It's necessary. Teach me how to raise my kids better. Teach me how to be happy. Teach me how not to be worried or depressed. Teach me. And we're going to go to those series. Sure. That's important. We need to learn. I, I need to learn how to walk in the joy of the Lord and not in depression. I need to learn how to be a better husband. So I need that and you need that. But here's the deal. That's not the gospel. That's not the gospel. Those are wonderful. But that's not the gospel. Everyone else is trying to peddle religion. Jesus is offering a relationship with God. And watch this. You can't earn it. You can't be good enough for it. It's all. My prayer is that one day, one day this entire church will hear this enough that you'll actually hear what I'm saying. Because you know, eventually someone will eventually come up to me and they'll say, yeah, you know, I, I, I sinned and the man, I, you know, I went back to the Lord and I said, I don't want to do it again, but it's been two weeks and I still feel bad. I go, wow, well, you just don't understand the gospel. You don't understand the gospel. It's, it's, he's forgiven me. Yeah, but I can't forgive myself. Are you telling me that you're greater than God? 
that your opinion is more important than God? You know, I know God has forgiven me, but you know, I can't, as if, as if God didn't forgive you, but you forgave you, then everything will be all right. Think about how crazy that sounds. Listen, I know it's an uncomfortable message for me too. That's why we had the song in the middle. Surrendering to Jesus. But you say, listen, I have other ideas. Other, listen, really, what are your questions? I wish you would write them down. We could help you with them. But I'm not sure. Just surrender to Jesus. I love the passage at the end of the Gospels. It says this. That Jesus is risen from the dead. He's proclaiming and he's teaching. And it says this about the group of people that are around him. You're going to love this. It says And they worshipped him, although some doubted. And you go, wait up. Now, if I had G, like if I saw somebody take Jesus' head off, right? And then he comes and his head is on just fine, right? And he's three days later. I saw him die. I saw the blood on the floor. I like, you know, right? I saw him crucified. Now, I would believe for sure. If, if God parted the sea in my life, then I'd believe. No, he wouldn't. No, he wouldn't. You would believe if God gave you the faith to believe. And here's the good news. If you're here, God will give you the faith to believe. Surrender to him. Submit to him. Don't fight him anymore. Why are you fighting? You know, lifeguards know about this. And maybe this is your story. God might be doing this with you. Lifeguards know. They actually are taught. I had a friend. His name is James Blue. So he taught me all this about lifeguards. I didn't know it myself, but he was a lifeguard. They teach you underwater um, self-defense. Like actually how to push people away, kick away from people, break out of a thing. Because what will happen is a drowning person will be so frantic, they'll grab you and they'll pull you down with them. You'll both die. Terrible deal. So you know what will happen is that sometimes a lifeguard will come to save you. And if they notice that you're frantic, you know, they'll, they'll do signs and they'll swim around you. They'll grab you and they'll help you. But if they notice that you're frantic and you try to grab them and pull them down, you know what they'll do? They'll, st- they'll pull away from you, stay far enough away from you where you can't touch them, and wait till when you stop moving. Anybody know when that happens? You're about dead. Listen, sometimes I think of some of you, and I think of you as if God was just sort of waiting for you to stop your nonsense, stop fighting him. He's here for you. He loves you. He wants you to turn to him. Won't you turn to Jesus? Why? What is your excuse? Like, what's your better offer? Right? What are you waiting for? What's the improvement? Wait. Everybody gets in the same way. Everybody, there's no qualifications that make you better or worse. And it's offered to everyone. Like, what better deal are you waiting for? Everybody gets in the same way. There's no qualifications that make you better or worse than anybody else in the world. And it's offered to everyone. What could be fairer than that? What could be more wonderful than that? Give your heart to Jesus. Give your heart to Jesus. The musicians are going to come up. And I'm going to pray for you. Here's what I want you to do. On that yellow card, and 